Kia ora, Wellington. This is Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, and you're listening to B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm one of your hosts today. My name's Laura. My name's Perrine. I'm host number two. (laughs) Right on. And this is us. We've got an exciting show for you. Perrine has got two extra special guests. Uh, Tell us who you're talking to in the second half. In the second half of the show, we are talking to Tekawa Rob from Parakore, and we are going to hear about their efforts to get the marae of New Zealand zero waste. Cool. Just another plastic free July another inspiration. Plastic free July. Oh, we love it. We love it on B Side Stories. Okay, that sounds exciting. Yes. Uh, but first, uh, I'll let you kick into your. Uh, the, your interview for the first half. Okay, so this week, 115 years ago, there was a massive petition presented to Parliament, signed by about 25,000 people, mostly women, um, seeking the right to vote. Oh. <laughs> and which um, was achieved uh, later on in the year, I think, September, women achieved the right to vote in... Aotearoa. Right on. However, <laughs> we have a situation in New Zealand at the moment where um, the prison population who have been sentenced and are in custody are not able to vote. And so all the suffrage celebration, you know, got the negative side of me thinking about, yeah, but we haven't got suffrage, have we? So (laughs) on that note, I got in touch with Kate McIntyre, who is Wellington-based member of People Against Prisons, Aotearoa. Kia ora, Kate. Kia ora. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. Um, So who... Who are people against? Who are you people against prisons? Uh, the name is quite self-explanatory. So we're, we're just um, a group of people who pretty much don't believe in prisons. We are um, quite ex- extraordinary compared to other groups in the sense that we um, just want to abolish prisons. We don't. We believe there's other better methods of um, of solving social harm and so and we also see the criminal justice system as doing a lot of harm to our communities and we really more harm than good and we want to um, change that we want to fix it we want to mm. empower those um, beaten down communities yeah there's an interesting when you click onto your website yeah. it starts off prisons are a failure yeah. and they talk about the I guess the social ills that come with prisons and then it moves on. (laughs) Prisons are a success. How are they a success? Well, they're a success in the sense that there are a lot of powerful people um, in the world with a lot of money, a lot of capital, a lot of property. And by, um, by locking away all those people who might pose a threat to that, then um, they're able to hang on to it and feel they, they are able to feel safe. Uh, But, Ultimately, uh, prisons do make society as a whole less safe. So, mm. so it's an interesting contradiction, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a success of capitalism, yeah. colonialism. Yeah, yeah. That. So, I mean, um, one good example of that is that uh, the first example of incarceration in New Zealand was in Parihaka. Uh, it was peaceful protest um, of people in Parihaka to hang on to their land. And they were, um, the armed constabulary uh, marched in and arrested all of them and they were um, they were oh, taken on some kind of march down to Dunedin and incarcerated in these caves 
was awful. Yeah, so um, mm. as, a, as a means to impre- um, to uh, repress insurgency, they're very successful. Mm. Yeah. Um, and can you just tell us a little bit about how your group came into being? We were talking before about the group that used to exist called No Pride in Prisons. Yeah. <laughs> So no pride in prisons uh, was definitely it was how we start how we started as an organisation. It uh, started in 2015 in February I think when pride happened in Auckland and uh, the founding members, uh, uh, maybe about ten of them at the time, uh, found out that because uh, they started as a reading group, but then found out that pr- the pride board had mar- uh, invited armed corrections officers to march in the pride parade. And so it actually started No Pride in Prisons as this kind of uh, stance against pink, what we call pinkwashing. It's when um, it's when these corporations and uh, and yeah, really harmful organisations kind of use the LGBT community um, as a way of like pinkwashing themselves. It's it's a PR tactic to make themselves look good and friendly, when in reality there's a lot of harmful things. Um, that these organisations do. Like, for example, ANZ is uh, a regular sponsor of Pride and it has a whole lot of problems, a whole lot of environmental um, crimes and and uh, bad working conditions and that sort of thing. And uh, with corrections, uh, it causes a lot of harm to everyone, but especially LGBT prisoners. Uh, I am in touch with a few trans women, all of whom have been in solitary confinement. They're kept in men's prisons. They're repeatedly misgendered and degraded and dehumanised. And uh, so what happened was they got a, they got together, they got a banner, they stormed into Pride, and uh, one of our founding members, Emi Rakete, had her arm broken by security, and that, that went worldwide. Like the whole, mm. A whole lot of um, the international LGBT community was quite outraged by that. Um, because it really showed exactly what we were um, trying to point out, that uh, there's really no place in pride for the more vulnerable people in the community when they're trying to make room for corrections officers and police and people who are doing harm to that community. So they were taking the place that um, more marginalised members would have been in, you think? Okay. And from there, um, you know, we didn't... Don't, I wasn't there right at the beginning, but uh, started to get organised and um, protested Pride again the next year and got a, at least 100 people along. It was really good. Mm. Um, and then started to do all kinds of other things as well, like we started a pen pal network for incarcerated people and we started advocating for people inside as well and um, running small campaigns and, yeah. 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 So, and then you thought, the, or the organisation thought yeah. Pride is a big issue, but it's not. It's part of one really big issue. Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah, pretty much. Pride is a big issue, but the real issue is the criminal justice system. And uh, around late 2016, we decided that we wanted to open ourselves up. We'd never formally declared that we were an exclusively LGBT, um, LGBT organisation before, but we were certainly operating like that. Mm. And then we'd we decided to uh, 
formalise ourselves as not an LGBT organisation because there were lots of, there are lots of people whose lives are touched by the criminal justice system and we want them all involved mm. in making the change. Yeah. Mm. Um, so at the start, I talked about you know the thing, the issue that I was quite interested in, the yeah. voting rights or lack of. Is that something that you guys have been working on? Uh, it's something we've uh, taken action on before. Yeah, we had a packet last year. It was a little bit before the election. And um, there's actually a lot of people all around the country, not just in Papa, who are really interested in this issue. So there's lots of... Sorry, Papa's your... <laughs> yeah, People Against Prisons Aotearoa. Is that, is are you just always Papa? Okay. Yeah, always Papa. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of people all over the country who are really interested in that, including prisoners themselves. Arthur Taylor, the jailhouse lawyer, has his own court case. He's going to try and win the right to um, vote back... Um, because it's inconsistent with the Bill of Rights Act. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that should have been picked up on when that legislation went through. But the interesting thing is that actually in New Zealand, prisoners have never been fully enfranchised. There's always been some prisoners, whether it's all prisoners or some of them, that do not have the right to vote. There was about a two-year period in the 1950s when um, it, and there was no official legislative ban on prisoners voting. I don't know how that acted in practice, but prisons have always existed um, as a means to disenfranchise the people who go through it. Mm. And also, like, voting isn't the only way you show your democratic um, power, and there's all kinds of other ways that um, the restriction of movement, the keeping them in, the, in this place. And when you're out on parole, you know, your parole mm. officer, they can they can say you're not allowed to go to a protest or, mm. yeah. And, and so it's not just that you can't vote, it's that you can't go and visit your local elected yeah. representative or go and protest or express yourself in many yeah, other exactly. democratic so, ways. And that's one of the ways prisons are a success. Again, they are a success in... in making sure that some people remain disenfranchised and unable to participate politically. Mm. Yeah. Um, I guess one other thing is that oh, there's so much that's really messed up about it, but it, it's based on this whole assumption that voting and democratic participation is a privilege that you, um, that you have to earn that, that can and should be revoked from you if you break a kind of social contract. But there's no interrogation of the fact that the, the people in Parliament, they were chosen, they were elected, they were the people just cast their votes and decided that they had the right to be there, that they had the privilege to be there and make laws that affect all of us. Mm. So there's no interrogation about the idea that maybe being in power is a privilege. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so you guys have a number of services that you mm. use to advocate for prisoners and um share your views, etc. So you mentioned the Pen Pal service. Yeah. Is that pretty active? Very, yeah. We have about hundred and fifty active pen pals inside, um and a few more signed up who are looking for pen pals. We have about Oh, so if any B side yeah. listeners are Interested? Definitely. You just send an email to um, pcnaotearoa at gmail.com and um, you'll get um, sent out all these sort of introductory letters by prisoners being like, I'm looking for a pen pal, here's a little bit about myself. And yeah. you can decide if you want to write to them. And your address and your privacy is all kept because you just send your letters through the email and they'll 
package it up and send it to the prisoner uh-huh. and send you the replies as well. Yeah. That's and great. is that something you do yourself? Uh, you mentioned um, being in touch with some people. Yeah, I, I, I write to prisoners, yeah. Right. I have, I have a few that I write to. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a great service. I really like it. Yeah, um, there's about four hundred people outside who are um, writing to prisoners, so it's really good. And and I like I like it because I think, uh, you know, the criminal justice system. It's not something that's really interrogated out outside. People don't really think about it because they're mm. just they're locked away. They're seen, not seen. They're not heard. Um, when you're writing to prisoners, you can really create those connections, those community right. connections. And it's really wonderful. And everyone who participates in it really enjoys it. Mm. Yeah. Do you find that you end up, is it quite heavy, the content of your letters, or do you often just talk about every day? A little bit of both, yeah. Um, sometimes just talking about the every day is enough to brighten their day um, when they're having a really miserable time. So, you know, I've written to people about, um, oh, my, I don't have a cat. I like to I like to pretend he was mine, but my ex flatmate's cat. <laughs> I would write to a prisoner about him and all the cute stuff he was doing. Um, about a little road trip I took last week, I write to my um, pen pals about that as well. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever have the sense that maybe you you don't want your life to sound too good because it feels like bragging? Or um, I thought that at first, but actually they just really like to hear anything that I mean. I'm, Everyone is different, and maybe some of them are a bit resentful. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. But I, I think most, most people inside just like to hear anything about – they like to see that other people are happy. and Yeah. Yeah. Make connections. Yeah. And, mm, so the pen pal service, um, there you do advocacy, and mm. including prison visits to make sure that people's yeah. needs are being met. Yeah, we do a lot of that. It's very um, – uh, our other um, one of our other members, Emmy, has described it as a bit like guerrilla social work, and it's like how we're always reminded of how horrible prisons are, really. Mm. But, but we do a lot of really good work um, with prisoners and their families. We've gotten people out of solitary confinement. We've stopped people from being transferred. We've ensured people get the transfers they need. So we managed to get a um, transgender woman out of a men's prison into a women's prison oh, wow. where she was a lot safer. Mm. Um, we've managed to get people out of solitary. We've managed to stop a man being transferred about eight hours drive away from his family. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of um, administrative bureaucratic ways that um, they like to mess with the prisoners in there. And maybe some of it is just strain, but some of it really is just petty Um Guards just trying to mess with people, really. It's a good mix. Yeah. Do you find that it takes quite a toll on members who are making these visits? And do you um, have ways of dealing with that? Yeah. We usually like to have at least two people advocating, at least two people advocating for one person, and at least two people going out to the visit so that we can debrief with each other afterwards and talk it through. Um and yeah, sometimes it can be quite a lot of work, but we are a, a good group who's always kind of respectful of each other's, um, the strain it can take on, on us um, emotionally and yeah, always looking out for each other. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. So um, 
work with LGBTQ is a big part of what you do? I think so. Uh, you know, we, we decided we weren't formally an LGBT organisation anymore, but that didn't mean that our founding members suddenly turned out to be straight or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we, we won't turn down anyone. If anyone writes to us and needs help, we will... Um, we will do our best to help them, but a lot of our base is still LGBT. Um, a lot of the people in the criminal justice system who need the most help are LGBT people. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and you've got a team that does research as well. Yeah, we do a lot of that. And so, what's your kind of research focus? Uh, we've done. Uh, it's mostly just about making really convincing arguments that are really backed up, because. There's groups like the Sensible Sentencing Trust and they can just tell lies and they can make up all kinds of crap that just isn't true and people will believe them because there's kind of a penal populist culture and Parliament will believe them. Sorry, yeah. a penal populist culture. Pe penal populism is like um, when there's just a general sentiment against um, prisoners or against crime and that we need to punish people mm. yeah sorry that's um a bit of jargon that's good we're yeah. learning yeah yeah <laughs> um learning. yeah anyway they can just say whatever they want the um the burden of proof is a bit higher on groups like papa yeah right so yeah. you don't you don't think they get called out enough on that by uh, the media or whoever's they do but um it's just like their their ideas are kind of taken for granted anyway like right. yeah the idea it's kind of fear that if we don't lock up everyone uh you know what if we get hurt what if someone gets hurt and we didn't lock them up but ultimately um prisons do actually make us less safe and most um most social harm is done between people who know each other so mm. your know, random acts of violence are not as common is yeah. that idea of um prisons making society less safe is that linked to that you know that it's a good breeding ground for kind of radicalising yeah, so. prisoners and, yeah. you know, people go in there if they didn't have links with gangs or whatever before, they might make them in prison. And Yeah, a lot of the time that that is true, yeah. Get more, <clears throat> um, yeah, be treated in a certain way, then want to take that out. On, I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, uh, it certainly is a place that makes you angrier and, mm. and, um, and without a proper outlet to... Um, to you know, show that anger. You know, you can't, if you if you sh yell at your boss, you know, for example, you'll get punished or you might get fired. But you can take it out on a, on a coworker, and there's a bit less, mm. um, a bit more freedom to do that. And I think that's where a lot of interpersonal harm comes from: is people who have all this quite justifiable anger, but no place to take it out on. No, um, they're. they're it's misdirected to the wrong sources, perhaps. Right. Yeah. And one of the sources of this anger is maybe we talked, you mentioned before, um, your campaigns yeah. for solitary, con or against solitary confinement? Yeah, solitary confinement is um, pretty much an epidemic in New Zealand prisons. We put about 12,000, there's about 12,000 cases of people being put in solitary confinement every year. And... Um, so that's about one person put in solitary confinement every 45 seconds. 
every 45 minutes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 45 seconds. It's no. still a lot yeah. either way. Yeah, okay. if someone says someone's put in solitary every 45 minutes and uh, there's a, quite a lot of reasons for that, uh, but there really is no justification. Um, there's a lot of reasons for why it's so um, used so prevalently in New Zealand, but there's really no excuse to have to put people in that, that um, in those conditions at all to mm. deny people human contact. So sorry, just to clarify, solitary confinement is defined as locking someone in a room um, without stimulating activities uh, with no meaningful social contact for 22 plus hours a day. 22. Yeah. And, and would that, that be that, ongoing or? Yeah, yeah uh, often, um, sometimes it's just for short term, but I know someone whose longest lag in solitary was about eight months. That actually is very common that um, prisoners are put in solitary for months at a time and it takes such a toll on your health, on um, your mental health. It has long-lasting, um, sometimes permanent effects on, on your health and mental health. So it really needs to be abolished and what we want to do is um, force a legislative change that makes that prohibits its use and that will force corrections to um, you know, ensure that prisoners are able to have social contact with other people and um, have things to do, even if they're segregated for whatever reason, for their own safety or for um, because they're causing too much trouble or because they need, they're being punished for whatever reason. Yeah, make sure that they can't be punished too hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how is your campaign for that change going? It's going all right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got a petition. Uh, I think you can link, get a link to there on our website. Uh, that's at papa.org.nz. And we're collecting lots of signatures. So it, it would be great if we got about 25,000, like the women's suffrage petition, which, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was actually about a sixth of the um, New Zealand population of that time. So if we could get a sixth of all New Zealanders to sign that petition, that would be awesome. Right now we've got about 3,000 signatures. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, is there a time period on that? Not really. We'll just um, keep collecting signatures and we're going to keep um, doing actions around it. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you're one of um, yeah. you're one of a Wellington-based members. How many people are based in? There's about um, maybe 12 active members in Wellington yeah. and yeah. other supporters yeah and then there's and then there's supporters on top of the 12 yeah mm. definitely and are you based around the country or is it kind of main centres mm, there's uh oh, there's three branches so three those would be main centres I suppose the biggest one is Auckland uh the, and then there's a Dunedin branch as well and we also do have some members dotted around the country that are involved in in small ways and supporters as well but mm. we're always uh, we have a couple of incarcerated members as well, actually. That yeah. um, be awesome to have more of those as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's lots and lots of ways that people are involved around the country. But yeah, what yeah. motivated you to join the group? Uh, so, oh, there's a few steps of um, <laughs> political consciousness or whatever, but I'll shorten it. <laughs> I I was just getting very interested in in uh, prison reform and. Uh, I was watching Orange is the New Black yes. <laughs> as one example. <laughs> uh, Wentworth as well. Uh, it's an Australian version of Orange yeah, is the New Black. Right. It's a bit bleaker, but <laughs> also really good. Um, 
So radicalised on the couch. Yeah. I like it. And, and I, I also admit some people who um, had been in prison as well. So yeah. uh, I remember watching the documentary Operation 8. Mm. It's about the uh, 2007 raids in Tuhoi and, and actually around New Zealand. And uh, that was Including a really... some in Wellington. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trades Hall just down the road mm. was raided. Um, and like that... Watching that, it really brought home to me that there's all these international problems we like to complain about, you know, America, which is a really messed up place. But that documentary brought home to me how how much um, the New Zealand state is complicit in a lot of the, those same um, suppressions of democracy and human rights. And so th- that, that um, documentary was really formative in a lot of ways. Uh, and yeah, I started to meet some people who'd been in prison and I was, you know, watching Orange is the New Black and, <laughs> and all of that, um, generally interested. Uh, and then I made friends with, um, someone, another Wellington member who was starting to form the Wellington branch. And at the same time, the Auckland crew came down to Wellington and did a public talk. And that, that's really what sold me on the right. Papa. And, um, that's... And then a few months later, I got involved in a kind of unofficial capacity. And then a few months after that, I got involved kind of officially. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so I think I asked you about um, other groups that work on kind of penal reform and justice system in New Zealand, like Howard League or um, Just Speak. Yeah. Do you guys work with them on any projects or is it quite a separate mm, project? I, I don't know a whole lot about the Howard League. I, I do. Yeah, old school. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like Just Speak and we do have a good relationship with them, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think what Just Speak does really well is a lot of that campaigning stuff and uh, talking to politicians and changing minds around mm. the place, whereas Papa does much more direct action stuff and... Um, and like direct and d- direct contact with prisoners and their families as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, but there is also that element in your work, isn't there, of um, trying to explore, yeah, kind of ways that um, ways to help get people on board with what you're thinking and definitely, um, yeah, and to expand the way that people think about the justice system and how it might work better. Yeah, totally. I, I think um, one of the best ways you can get people, you can change people's mind about something is if they know someone who has been through it. So, for example, um, gay rights. I have a lot of, I have some conservative family members and or people, um, older people in my in my kind of direct and indirect whānau who um, they've been able to change their minds over the years through, like, knowing um you know, gay, lesbian people and actually realising that they are humans and they're not some abstract sort of monster um, Mm -hmm. uh, in the dark. And through the Pen Pal Network, we can make people realise that prisoners are just ordinary people with ordinary dreams and um, they want to live ordinary lives and they're not just big scary monsters all locked in the dark either. Mm. Yeah. 
That's probably a really nice note for us to finish on. Yeah. Kate, thank you so much for coming in. Before you go, is there anything that you would like to invite our listeners to join in on? Or Oh, yeah. Um, so we've got a couple of projects going on. We're going to uh, be releasing a booklet uh, called Letters from Lockdown, and that's people's stories from solitary confinement that they've written into us, mm-hmm. and we're going to be publishing that. And we've also got a film fundraiser screening in Wellington of Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Yep. I'm, real, I'm really <laughs> excited because I love ABBA and I love that, <laughs> love that film. Um, that's on August the 2nd at Lighthouse Cuba. And you can get some more information about that on our Facebook page. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. All the best with your upcoming projects. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Oh, can you just intro the song that you picked for us to... Right, so uh, we're going to be playing Prison Trilogy by Joan Baez. It's a real beautiful song um, and one of the few against prisons. She is one person against prisons. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Drunken charge driving someone else's car. The local midnight sheriff's claim to fame. In an Arizona jail, there is some who tell the tale. A Billy fought the sergeant for some milk that he demanded. Knowing they'd remain the boss, knowing he would pay the cost, they saw he was severely reprimanded.
35 years in the pen Then on the day of his release He was approached by the police Who took him to the warden Walking slowly by his side The warden said you won't remain here But it seems the state retainer Claims another 10 years of your life He stepped Raise, raise the prisons to the ground. 